Hello and welcome to Crazy Russians in DevOps podcast, where we're talking about all things DevOps, from technology to culture, with heavy Russian accent. Welcome to a new episode of Crazy Russian and DevOps, a podcast where we're talking about technology, everything about DevOps, including technology, culture, and other things with heavy Russian accent. And uh, we got overwhelming, uh, warm, welcome messages from many people who was excited to hear our voices in English, with again, with heavy Russian accent our previous episode. So now... We continue, and now uh, today with me and uh, my resident uh, uh, of this podcast, Leonid Tegolnik. Leonid, say hi to our audience. Hey, everybody. We're going live from the Google Cloud next, and we have our two guests here. Uh, they also have some heavy Russian accent. Um, it's uh, Anton uh, Arhipov from uh, JetBrains. Hello, everybody. And uh, Fyodor, what's your last name? Gortko. Fyodor Korotkov uh, from uh, Sirius CI. Hi, everyone. And uh, we're going to be talking about all things uh, DevOps today, specifically um, some of the uh, maybe CI servers and uh, some of the like DSL approaches. Um, How about the actual conference at which we're recording this thing? Yeah, we can we can say a few words, but you know. Um, so thanks to uh, GCP Podcast for uh, sponsoring this episode because uh, they uh, allows us to uh, record this in their uh, GCP bubble soundproof. Soundproof. It's, yeah, it's it's, it's kind of soundproof. <laughs> it's almost soundproof. They uh, they they did um, actually a very good job to to do that. All right. So as usual, um, this podcast we don't have any agenda. Uh, we have some some ideas that we're talking about this. So let's I, talk about our. No, no, yes. Speak for yourself. I came with an agenda. Huh? Oh, Leonid came with an agenda, and Leonid is on um, on schedule. So Leonid, microphone is to you. So 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 I think it's it behooves us to talk a bit about the conference itself, right? We had uh, Google Cloud Next. The the conference shifted. Like it used to be midsummer. It's kind of interesting time to schedule uh, an enterprise conference when everybody's on vacation, right? Not a very smart, smart, smart time. So, so now we're in, in April, though, over most of U.S. spring break. So I, in, interesting choice <laughs> of timing. I guess that's what you could get Moscone. But at least in one place in Moscone, it's actually laid out such that people can see it. But there were a bunch of announcements from Google. Have you been following those? Uh, we have to. We, we integrate with GCP. We're a partner. We operate on them. So we have to. It was interesting to see Thomas on stage for the first time on the big stage, right? Talking right. about some stuff Google's doing. And if you, I don't know if anybody read his article over the weekend in Wall Street Journal, Wall Street Journal, where the tagline is "GCP needs more humans." Like we got technology nailed, we're missing on go-to-market, and we need more people rather than better technology. But they've announced a few things, right? They've announced. Uh, uh, hmm? Anthem, yeah, I can never remember that good word of like uh, Antosha. 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 Yeah, with yeah. a heavy Russian accent. Uh, yeah, Antoshka. Uh, they've announced uh, migration tools for probably I would call legacy lift and shift workloads to move them from uh, uh, their on-prem environments to partnerships. They've announced um, 
uh, better support for K functions and uh, some of the serverless stuff. A lot of talk on stage about uh, from uh, retails, like retailers seem to be embracing Google. Uh, hardly surprising. I, yeah, no, 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 no retailer seems to want to send their data to Amazon. Wonder why. One has to wonder why, yeah. 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 So what else uh, caught your attention uh, here at the conference so far? So, I've actually attended like last year and like the year before, and it's interesting to see how the conference shifts. Uh, if like before Google was like, oh, we're Google, we're making like this awesome uh, hardware, this awesome like networking, and like this year it was like a lot of partners coming up to the stage and saying, oh, we're like integrated, integrating with that. So it's like shifted more towards customers presenting Google rather than Google saying, oh, we're like so awesome and uh, come along. Well, maybe because nobody there are believes, customers now. Nobody believes them. Yeah, well, no, it's it's also interesting, like, if you walk the floor, comparing, uh, did anybody go to Reinland? No, uh, I, I think, I, it's not, it's similar to, in terms of, like, uh, maybe people, right? But it's still smaller than well, so it's interesting. So reInvent, if you look at the show floor, it was about third, third, third of cloud spend optimization vendors, security vendors, and monitoring vendors. Mm -hmm. Here, like cloud spend optimization, I saw like one or two, I guess. Not much. I wonder if it's an indication people are not spending enough yet to warrant the presence. I, I think they don't worry yet. Well, well, there's also the maturity of the billing API, right? Can you get the data you can uh, get out of uh, AWS? Out of Google, like to to yeah, optimize maybe, spend maybe automatically. Not, not. I can tell you, you not not quite, really not quite as mature yet. Okay. Uh, security guys are not quite here yet. I can see like a lot of monitoring lock. solutions, of course. Well, like when you when you move from on-premise to, to to this new wonderful scary place called the cloud, different tools have to to be. But not everybody is present. Like for example, notably missing up dynamics and New Relic are not here. You see Dynatrace, you see maybe, us. Maybe they are not ready for this, no? I don't know, it, it, it was interesting for me because I'm in the space, like SignalFX here, Datadog's here, uh, Dynatrace, Dynatrace is here, but no New Relic, no App Dynamics. That's kind of puzzling, right? Yep. What else have you guys caught on the show floor? I was actually staying at the booth most of the time. Same that here. actually made you work, huh? Yeah, yeah it actually here. worked. I was trying to run around and trying to find a space. Wait, there was a there was, there was a cool announcement from uh, Confluent, right? Yeah, it seems like an yeah. anti AWS yeah. partnership. Uh, yeah. Enemy of my enemy is my friend. Uh, <laughs> the, you can get uh, Confluent as a service or Kafka as a service from uh, GCP now. Yeah, yeah. So the way how it works is, um, I think the Google uh, they they use different approach for um, providing this open source solution rather than doing how it's call it. Um, Something mining. Uh, what's the uh, what's the word for like when do you you're getting open source and try to um, try to get money out of the open source monetization? No, 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 no. There was a there was a specific new word that I learned, but I already forgot this new word. Um, strip mining. So the oh, uh, strip mining the open source vendors. That's yeah, a, that's a yeah. cool way to visualize what Amazon did with their announcements. Yeah. 
So um, uh, Google used a different approach. So they actually working with uh, enterprise vendors like uh, the, uh, Confluent, DataStax, and uh, uh, Elastic in order to provide these uh, capabilities, uh, in order to provide um, things like uh, Cassandra, Kafka, Elasticsearch on the Google. So the way uh, how it was announced that um, very, it's going to be like a rolling over, over during this like a quarter but essentially when you on gcp console you will be able to go and search kafka and just add the kafka workloads automatically uh, it will be provisioned and will be deployed by you know confluent uh, managed uh, kafka confluent yeah, cloud. is it going to be as good as something you would run in the cloud if you're already running it yourself uh, so we will so already support the running stuff in gcp for a while so yeah. we have we support the running uh, kafka as a service in gcp and aws now it's just going to be uh, better uh, better integration that for users it will feel natural and it will feel the same way how they will feel uh, native uh, cloud products from Google they will have a same so in the tradition I'm establishing on this podcast last time I called bullshit on John Willis's uh, <laughs> statement it's it's time to call bullshit on the vendor statement so I'm running Kafka I'm yeah. not quite in this that magical trillion um, message a day club, but we're doing a few hundred billion messages you're getting close it's, uh, it's we're exciting. not that far but, but, but like why would I use that offering and what am I going to get or lose versus like using the off like we operate Kafka ourselves. Yeah, so the only difference is that uh, if you want to focus on operating Kafka, you have uh, knowledge of operating Kafka and you know what exactly you do in this. If you want to focus on solving some business task and uh, kind of outsource uh, things to you know operational things and uh, like backup things and upgrade things and all this kind of. Uh, beautiful magic things that cloud does you're basically doing this uh, with uh, confluent cloud can i can i get the confluent bill uh, as part of my google commit like yeah I so that included uh, yeah so the part of this integration cool. this part of the integration is where uh, the users will have um, this bill uh, from google not from confluent so it's going to be um, it's going to be happening not, not the right away it was announcement and as usual you know something was announced like a uh, uh, air power like was announced apple, apple style announcement yeah, yeah, coming exactly. in october yes so um, this this is this is where we're working right now on uh, uh, like a finishing like bits and bytes and rolling out for m multiple So tests. marketing announcement as usual yeah so why is uh, JetBrains here what are you guys what are you guys bringing to google cloud next why do you care to be here Somebody had to fly all the way from Estonia here. Uh, not only from Estonia, but from Munich and, and St. Petersburg. So That's a lot of flying to be here. It's so why, why, why this conference? I would say that almost every person that comes to the booth is actually using our tools already. I, I don't have to sell anything. They already saw they are using it. Most of the people are coming and asking uh, how can they use Google Cloud services from our tools. Are you guys offering like out-of-the-box plugins? And there is apparently Google makes those plugins and apparently they work, maybe. I haven't tried it. I tried trying it. I installed. I installed it and I tried connecting it. Um, maybe there is some documentation that I have to read before actually, you know, making you... Because it right in the post, Google Cloud Tools for IntelliJ. Yeah, in <laughs> Must fact, be true. What, hap what happened actually, they renamed it right before the conference oh so it's it's the name is different now uh, so something like uh, yeah, google yeah. google uh, cloud cloud tools 
or yeah cloud yeah because i was trying to to look in uh, when i installed the plugin i was trying to search it and uh, only after i went to google it you have to google it and i, <laughs> I found the name i found this uh, actual um so gcp i anyway so the naming is hard so it's cloud something but the interesting part is actually most of the crowd is interested in whatever solutions that work with google platform okay okay of course it's a it's a bias of the conference, but I mean, it's so many. Like, even if they don't use Google Cloud yet and use our tools, they are interested in what we can offer, you know, for working with those solutions. And there were people coming uh, from from other tools. Let's say, I had a person, uh, a, per a conversation with person today who is the former user of Eclipse, and he came to me asking why. He could use IntelliJ from different perspectives, like the normal one. I mean, uh, intelligent the ID intelligence for code completions, whatever. And then asking what kind of tools the, he could use for Google Cloud, and apparently the plugin does the job. All right. So enough marketing. So let's let's let, let's talk about the cloud thing, right? The cloud I heard like thing. internally, Google developers develop in a browser, like the IDEs and the browser, and. Like, isn't that the future? Will 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 yeah. want IntelliJ like as as a product cease to exist at some point? I we ha I I had some people coming and asking if uh, the cloud ID is coming by JetBrains. Is that uh, is that you heard it here first? Is there a cloud ID? Uh, yes, actually. Well, okay. I I've heard I've heard questions about it, but I didn't hear any good arguments why people need it. Okay. And now I had quite a few people coming and asking about it because they use Chromebooks. I was about to say... Chromebooks. Yeah. And the reason is why they use Chromebooks is that the battery lasts and they don't have to install anything to the computer. So it's more like a terminal to, to, to a mainframe. Yeah, I think every <laughs> single Google employee I saw here, it's almost like they were issued a Chromebook before the conference. So, like, is there a future for a desktop ID or we're going to the cloud? I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know. Like there, there. Anton, you're supposed to be you're supposed to be visionary to be on those podcasts. I'm supposed to be visionary. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> no, I, I I don't believe you can offer the same experience right now. Just in, yeah. in the browser yet. But cloud ID is not only about like ID. It's like uh, about like deep integration with the build system because you need to like somehow build it uh, remotely from the browser. Uh, so it's not. Only the editor, it's going to include more things, right? Like remote well, execution. Over over the uh, years, there were workspaces. a lot of efforts creating a cloud ID, and we know this cloud nine thingy in Amazon. I I don't see that people are using that it that much. Like I don't see the feedback on this. Like so, wh why did those products get built? Is that checkbox? I think it's the try. I think it's the visionary thing. It's an attempt, you know, the, and it's, the uh, it's always happened like a few generations of uh, something until it becomes something useful or usable, this kind of thing. I see. So this is the Tesla Roadster of IDEs right now? Yeah. I think the trigger is also the fact Roadster. that you can use Chromebook and you still want to be able to work somehow. Well, I, I mean, still don't know why you would want to use the Chromebook, but sure. But 10 years ago, I was using very, like, was it? Atom one based notebook. Oh yes, that was called one. like a um, really you, you could you, netbook, a exactly. netbook. You couldn't run any ID on it. Maybe maybe yeah. some Eclipse. 
NetBeans. I was able to run NetBeans, but you couldn't really develop that. Well, you know what to riff off of that. I was talking to some folks from T-Mobile as they're thinking about 5G deployments and the latencies they're talking about. Well, maybe 5G becomes like a real thing. The compute will shift back from the nodes or from the edge back to the server. Because like the folks were talking about 5 millisecond latency on a, on a wireless network with decent bandwidth. So maybe I just I don't see myself using a netbook for just right now. Yeah, yeah. I th yeah. I think yeah. I think uh, the so there are some use cases uh, like in our company. Most of the like the documents workflow happens through Google Docs, and sure. the many companies doing that. So yeah. Well, I think over half a million Google uh, Cloud Enterprise uh, subscribers. Two weeks ago, I met a person. Uh, I think he was the creator of Xamarin. I don't mm -hmm. remember the name exactly. We were talking about the same thing. And he believes that's the future. And he uses Chrome Notebook. And, you know, he's convinced that, you know, uh, there should be cloud IDs and everything. Yeah, it will be also like a huge security advancement because there's like nothing to store locally. Yeah. So in the future, mm -hmm. there might be, you know, the possibility for that. But today to offer the, the good experience, we need good plugins and integrations in our IDs, our existing IDs, whether we use Visual Studio, uh, MonoDevelop, IntelliJ. Yeah, there is a, actually an Eclipse project, I think it's called Eclipse Fair, which is a yeah. in browser ID, and there is a startup by like creators of the Fear called Gitpod.io, and they like just released last week, so what, what you can do, you can basically open any project on GitHub in your uh, like remote workspace. And I saw here that people were really excited about it for one use case. They want to have a really good uh, experience with uh, uh, reviewing PRs. So for each PR, they can just like open like remote uh, something, run web application and... Uh, but, but it still feels like they are repeating the projects like uh, all, all over again, like no, Exo, Exo ID was seven years ago. Now it was sold to Amazon as Cloud9. Is it popular? Probably not. Orion, Eclipse Orion existed like seven years ago, then Eclipse Chair, now Thea, and it's just repeating. So I think there's not enough, like the people tend to, uh, to, 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 uh, tend to um, swear on marketing, but for this time to type of tools, they're not enough. Like uh, the marketing push and well, it takes forty years of wandering in the desert for people that are used to desktop IDs to age right. out of the system. Yeah, I mean, so in uh, in most cases, for most people who develop this like server-less applications mm -hmm. and uh, like the functions, maybe it would be enough. You know, if the cloud provider will, will have your ability to, you know, code this in browser and provide the tools to debug it and trace it's it. It's just one uh, liner, why not? No, it's yeah. actually more than that. Like, the interesting challenge with serverless applications is the entire life cycle of managing the artifacts being tiny and how do you manage the life cycle. So, so I see that use. And if your idea will be providing not only this kind of like a capabilities of debugging on like local debugging, how you debugging things, but having debugging uh, inside the cloud infrastructure yeah. or like a tracing how type of thing. How the message yeah. kind of goes through. Yeah, yeah, you're getting this event that triggers your function and after that like you can see if you're using like a, some some like a object storage and how it lands there and uh, like if it's why, there. Why or couldn't not. you do that with the same plugins in normal desktop ID? Why would you? 
like in this case you need to have a this is dependency on uh, on uh, some computers and some desktop IDs. You have a Chromebook. You, you still you, have you still do the same amount. Of Work, I'll I give mean. you yeah. one example. Like, I, but I'm an engineer's machine guy. It's a day productivity loss to migrate like to a new machine. Like, and okay. I have a couple. Even though, I buy that. Yes. Even though everything is in cloud and synchronized and things like that, and backups is there, but still you have a time to get this back. Um, but this one is just like switching terminals, and you continue your session. And another one developing from um, iPad. Uh, I yeah, tried. No, 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 I, I, no, I tried. No, it's no. actually, you know, I, I, I found myself that... Although iPad versus Chromebook. Yeah, I found myself at some point that I was able to deploy app that was uh, in my GitHub. Um, I deployed this through Heroku, and I was able to, to run this. So, a toy app or a real app? Huh? A toy app? Was it a toy so, app? So, it was uh, like a Node.js app that I provisioned here, and uh, I think the Ricardo is joining us. Um so, it was uh, kind of sort of toy app, but I see uh, because I didn't, I came, I didn't prepare for the uh, for this deployment. So I was just saying, okay, so I I'm sitting here just uh, like browsing something on my iPad. Now I need to deploy this app all of a sudden. So basically, I was just like uh, lazy to go down to grab my laptop because uh, iPad was there, and I said, okay, so let me see how it works. I just uh, fork some uh, some uh, app on the github i specify this github in my heroku account i deploy this and it would work so i see i see this workflow i see you know the possibilities of um some of the operators or you know the, the dev uh, how we call it uh, devops engineer uh, <laughs> 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 yeah devops engineer uh, will be deploying this kind of thing but so i'm i'm, I'm itching too so i know what you guys do professionally uh but i, I have no idea what Fedora's company does so uh, so with the continuous integration system uh, which is uh will be a lot of buzzwords but basically it's built for the uh, era of cloud computing so there are like a few like i'd say a few interesting ideas uh it yeah, so what's different from you and like Circle and yeah, CloudBees and so, all the other good stuff out there? Uh, architectural, there is a big difference. So as you know, any CI system that you have right now have like this notion of CI agents. Mm -hmm. So it's basically a VM that is sitting idle waiting for the jobs to uh, okay. get to you. It's, uh, of course, like nowadays, good systems, they use like Docker and use uh, like autoscaling to have these pools of agents. Mm -hmm. uh, running, but if you think about it, uh, the only um, uh, functionality that this pool of agent is giving to you is quickly get your resources uh, to execute your builds, uh, quickly get your container. Yep. But like nowadays on like, like Google Cloud, you can spin up a VM in like 10 seconds. Uh, you have like Kubernetes where like Kubernetes is actually really good at like scaling and uh, scheduling uh, containers. So the idea was to not have this uh, CI agents at all and use uh, uh, APIs to different cloud providers like Google Cloud, uh, Amazon, Azure, Azure, to like, directly schedule all your CI workloads on demand. So I can do stuff like spot instances? Or? Yeah, spot instances. Uh, you will be charged directly via your cloud provider. You will get all the uh, discounts that you already have. It's a very transparent uh, billing for you. You like pay only for resources that you actually use. Uh, there were like a couple other differences, but like the main selling point is kind of 
this. Um, no, that's pretty cool. We've been chomping at the bit to move a bunch of our workloads to spot instances, and what what holds us back, especially on the CI/CD pipeline, at least for SignalFX, is lack of orchestration. Uh, if somebody you really have to go build it. Because those spot instances, they come and go. And we have uh, Ricardo Ferreira, my colleague from uh, Confluent. He joined us uh, today. Uh, yeah, you can, yeah this is, you, you can. You can say something. Right. To, hey, to everybody. So, um, sorry to join late, but um, I'm Ricardo. Like, I just like information. I'm one of the developer advocates for Confluent. Uh, I'm particularly focused on cloud stuff and serverless DevOps. So that's it's not on my jam. Confluent. And the only member of today's panel who does not have a Russian accent. I just wanted to say that. Uh, but it's, it's or you can fake it. All right. Actually, I, I might not have a, a Russian accent, but I have a Brazilian accent. So I still have an accent, okay. not only Russian. So <laughs> all right, crazy immigrants on DevOps edition. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so in in general, so Ricardo, what uh, brings you here to uh, to to uh, Google Cloud Next? What are you doing here? Yeah, we kind of did impressions from everybody from the conference. What are yeah. yours? Cool, cool. Right. So yeah, just like Peter, I'm kind of helping with the Confluent booth uh, and answering questions about Apache Kafka and what Confluent provides in terms of uh, stream data processing on top of Kafka. Uh, but besides that, I'm also tomorrow. I am going to do a presentation about. What is the what is the value of bringing GCP and Apache Kafka? So, um, as you probably are aware of, GCP just announced that we are making Kafka a first-class yeah, citizen. Yeah, we, we just discussed this as well. Oh, good, 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 good. So, I'm going to do a presentation about how this works in terms of uh, how developers can leverage Kafka to as a huge data pipeline to bring data for da uh, Google Dataflow and data BigQuery. So, what's huge? How many messages a second? Uh, for the demonstration purposes, we're gonna do only two as a second, right? But, five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, five messages per second. Five messages. <laughs> per it second. depends how fast you can type in the send these messages. Yeah. No, actually, we're gonna create a. We have this generator. We're gonna be running on GCP and producing messages, but it's basically two as a second. But it produces continuously, and we're gonna see. So it's not gonna be compete with uh, uh, the trillion messages club. So you you safe. You safe. What kind here. of cloud scale demo is that? Uh, it's a you know it's a clear and understandable demo that people can understand because not not everyone not everyone have uh, this cloud scale or like web scale loads and in general people wants to be like a Netflix and Google but exactly aren't you here to inspire people to be more like Netflix and Google and show them cool text they will never need to use in their real environment isn't that the, the whole idea of being at the conference <laughs> the whole whole idea that understand that you're not Google and you're not Netflix to uh, you know to be to be to be yourself and uh, doing your own business right that is shockingly rational <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't sound like a Russian. I know. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, um, what else? Russians from the conference. Yeah. So, what's the uh, what? Uh, what kind of things you already seen on the conference? What you like? What you like? Is it like the first time when you on Google conference or? Like yeah. So that's my first time on a GCP conference, and uh, one of the things that I was impressed with the amount of people actually interested and in, uh, with GCP technologies. That's kind of a great to see and. Uh, of course, we all know that Google is still falling behind with other cloud providers such as AWS and Azure. But uh, I think is it will be only a matter of time until Google is being able to catch up with those guys. Of course, not in terms of scale, but per but perhaps in terms of uh, the amount of services that will be equivalent for these other cloud providers. Uh, 
Uh, it's definitely one of the things that I like it to see the interest of for developers. And besides that, the amount of vendors that are actually showing their stuff here, um, I was not aware about the Google had this very huge ecosystem of partners, which is good to see. And uh, that's the secret about how they're going to do the, the they're going to have the scalability yeah. for for um, increasing their business probably. So I was walking the conference floor and. Doesn't Google have a pop-up messaging uh, that was always part of GCP? Why? 2051. It means that like how many times a question of Google pops up and versus Kafka came in during the time. So I'm happy to ask it again. So it's going to be 2052. So so why would somebody choose uh, something that Google doesn't make, especially if you have a relationship with them? And like I have a a sizable commit to them and I, I know who's had to hold my gun to if I if, if something doesn't work versus choosing Kafka uh, like what 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 drives the choice one way or the other uh, all right go so ahead that's the yeah, question let, to you let you me, have a demo tomorrow let me let, let me answer this uh, I, have, I have an opinion about this uh, the first one I think is that Kafka is able to not only provides persistency and ordering this is something that people developing with Google sub kind of a complain a lot about the ability to ensure ordering within partitions. I mean, not every app is eventual consistency compatible. Shit. Yeah, I was life. That. Life sucks, like I life said. Life sucks. Yeah. yeah, probably sucks a lot. And uh, but also, uh, I would say that Google PubSub is great, very great for developers that are developing their applications born in the cloud. But there's a huge amount of developers that are developing their applications using Kafka. So that knowledge is kind of a hard to break. I mean, uh, they would like to reuse their skills, their experience with Kafka. So why not bring the best of both of them? But yeah. So the value it is, don't think about partitioning rebalances and replacing brokers. We'll do that for you. Yep, pretty much. Yep, simple as that. <laughs> um, I'm actually um, really looking forward to these times when you know we will be doing like conference talks or um, some like hackathons where we not necessarily need to focus on explaining partitions at all, right? So we can only yeah. focus on the streaming aspect and how people can, you know, read data in or write data in and read data out without explaining. Okay, so let me give you like a distributed systems one-on-one. What about the law of leaky abstractions? Uh, I mean, it, well, it's a... Uh, I'm the curmudgeon today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's it's perfect. So we need to have this kind of uh, the balance of of. of the, I I don't know what's going to happen if the Baruch would be here. So it's going to be you uh, to I'm, talking to. I'm taking his place. Yeah, you know, exactly, exactly. Different. Yeah, um, it's it's not like about uh, like fully abstract people from the things, but the, the whole idea is to get people excited, not about Kafka itself, because that's what I see people get excited about running another distributed system on top of another distributed system or things like that, but. My goal as a developer advocate is to just allow people to or show people what kind of apps they can build this. It's it's not about get excited about the tool, but get excited about getting shit done. Um, well, you had to, if I had to build some kind of an app that uh, requires me to run Kubernetes and, and Kafka for the sake of, uh, you know, because I, I have a fear of missing out or anything. Yes. I actually don't want to know anything about uh, Kubernetes and writing those YAML files, and I don't want to know about the partitions. I just want to write my app and, you know, pump this data or whatever. You heard it here first. Google and Confluence solving you for, for your fear of missing out. Yeah. 
so we probably we are going to call the, the episode like that. Yeah, fear yeah. of missing out. Yeah, and going to the cloud, fear of missing it. Going to the cloud, fear of missing out. That's that's a good one. Yes. And I think I think it's uh, like uh, now I need to um, put. Every time when I will be talking about Kubernetes and Kafka and fear of missing out, I need to uh, put the attributions that uh, they credited to uh, Crazy Russian and DevOps podcast and the Anton and Leonid. Uh, it's not. It's not my invention. Okay, so it's uh, who, who invented. I, I have seen it in in Twitter somewhere. Okay, I probably it's like uh, some of like FOMO is an old concept, right? Yeah. That, that's much like you're not Netflix, right? Yeah. yeah. So in this case, I will be yeah. In this case, I will be kind of like proposing uh, um, Jomo. Joy of missing out. So, if you don't know anything about Kubernetes and you know anything about partitions, but you still want to do a stream a streaming data stream processing thing, um, the joy Confl of missing out. Confl yeah. Cloud. That's a very so. Good next one. time you want to tell us you're not in marketing, uh, let, let me use that quote for you. <laughs> All right. So um, let's. Um, so we have a. How much time we have, uh, Leonid? Okay. Here. Uh, unfortunately, I have to run to another obligation. Yeah. But uh, so uh, we will wrap up this episode with uh, with Leonid. We thank you so much for um, everyone for being with us. Uh, stay um, subscribe to our episode. Gives us a five star review on iTunes. We really appreciate support. And today I had uh, uh, Leonid is my regular resident of the Crazy Russian Devils podcast. But I thought you, you you're gonna keep. Oh, we will start a new episode. Oh, That's I fine. see. So in this case, yeah, in this case, we'll have this logical thing. So not everyone ready for this. Uh, the the volume the, of episodes. Exactly, like a two and a half hours podcast that we usually do. Um, so in this case, we'll try to do it like commute a commute size. So we're doing commute size uh, podcast, not exactly. Uh, yeah, 45, 45 well, minutes. Exactly. Maybe not Bay Area commute size, but like normal right. normal places commute size. And uh, uh, to, uh, together with me and uh, Leonid, we have the Anton, uh, Ricardo, and the Fyodor. Be happy, my friends. <laughs> It was a pleasure. Uh, thank you guys for inviting. All right, thanks guys for having us, and uh, probably I think it was a great discussion. Uh, I see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this episode of Crazy Russians in DevOps. As always, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and rate this show to show your support. And as always, have a nice day.